Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Um, that was our main focus today, and um, he got way too much heat the other game. Uh, he didn't deserve it. It was us that didn't play good. Um, it was not him, for sure not, so... Uh, we did this uh, this game for him. Domi took that one away, and now a breakaway here for the Sabres. Kyle Pozo scores! I mean, we played fast. We played aggressive, and it was, you know, we've had, we've had a lot of conversations the last couple of days. Like, if, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down playing the way that we know how to play. Turkish has got Quinn in front, holds it. Quinn scores! Welcome back! But it's going to go to a guy who I think had a really tough offseason and, you know, a tough uh, first half of the season. But every day he came to the rink, he brought a smile and a positive attitude. saw it, Marty, before he came on air, because our little setup in the pavilion at Key Bank Center allows for, it's almost like a big talk show set, right? Like the yeah. guest comes from around the corner, and if there was an audience out there, they would see <clears throat> him walking down. And when Jack came around the corner, it was like, wow, I'd forgotten how much this kid loves the arena experience. And in a piling on last night of offense from the Sabres, I think it was right and probably felt incredibly appropriate within the room that Cousins bestowed the Sabre to Jack Quinn because he will undoubtedly play a significant role here if this team is to build off of what we saw last night. Oh, absolutely. You're right there, Duffer. Um, you know, obviously it was great to see Jack Quinn getting the late goal. Why? Because that gets him going. That's like getting that zero off that that column, even though that was only a second game, but you want to get in on the action and you want to also kind of show that um, you're ready. You're ready. This has been a long, you know, first third of the season for Jack Quinn, the off season, the injury, uh, and also putting back Paterka Cousins and Quinn together like they were last year. I think mm -hmm. that Dylan Cousins was probably the happiest person in the room to say, Jeff Skinner, good game, not going to give you the sword. Tucky, good game, not going to give you the sword. Like, uh, you know, he wasn't going to give the sword to anybody. He was going to say, my line mate, my guy, I'm happy to have him back with with me and, and Paterka, Jack Quinn, right? And, and that feeling, I felt like Dylan looked good on the ice. Uh, Paterka looked good on the ice. The top six and the top nine, really. Um, oh, the top 12 looked really good. But I feel like right now, and I hate to use 
injuries as you know well look but, at the injuries don't. but then huh? don't no <laughs> I but don't. it was it's only gonna listen you gotta see that for what it is when you have guys hurt it affects the way that the lineup is and all of that now it's one game you know you go on a run here and you 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 say hey we have our guys and this is the lineup we wanted Then it's a different conversation. I think after this win, that was awesome. Um, you can't go there yet, but it definitely felt different having that top nine compared to the lineups that the Sabres have put together in the first third of the season. Yeah. Um, do you know which four skaters did not manage to get a point in the 9-3 win last night? Um, oh, I would say, I don't want to pick on him, but I would think Eric Johnson did not no, get a point. No picking. These are facts. We're They're not facts. judging. They're realities. They're <laughs> Eric realities. Eric Johnson was one. Yeah. Okay. Eric Johnson was one. Uh, I am going to say Matthias Samuelson. He had a great opportunity to not be one of those guys, but, uh, he, he Dude, how many breakaways, how many breakaways is Matthias Samuelson going to have in his, uh, in his NHL career? And he didn't score out of the box would have been a big goal. Your favorite play. And it didn't materialize. You would have been telling that for days. And, I would have been uh, showing him like standing up on the penalty box, like ready to jump, like telling the guy, open the door, open the door. I want it. I want it. And two forwards that did not pick up points. Um, Victor Olofsson. Victor is one. Okay. And then the other one. We've already talked about him and seen him. We've already talked about him and seen him. Well, it has to be Dylan, right? It is Dylan. Yeah. Yes. Because I know Krebs got a uh, an right. assist on the last Oposo goal. So I knew that like it wasn't Krebs. And Paterka made a nice pass to Quinn. Mm -hmm. So I, okay. Hey, four for four this morning. I feel pretty good. And what about this afternoon? Uh, yeah, this afternoon, like, well, there, there's my one mistake. I've already blew it. I blew it. I went four for four and then screwed it up. <laughs> You're running on central time. That's where we had fond memories from earlier this year when we were on the road in Chicago. Yeah. We'll be in the Eastern time zone on site for the Sabres and Rangers tomorrow night. So we're looking forward to that. And honestly, the pointing out of those four players The fact that you had to think about it for a second with Cousins is of interest because obviously there was nothing negative in his game that would point you in that direction. And I think Olofsson actually played really well with Krebs and Opozo. Um, I think the entirety of the roster was strong last night. Now, I'm going to temper everything for many good reasons, one of which is the fact that they are still looking for just their second winning streak of two games or more this year. Yeah. Another is, and this was very much a concern from the Leafs side going into the game because Martin Jones had played so well and Sheldon Keefe was relegated to saying, well, Samsonov has to play yes. at some point. Okay, so <laughs> they started him. He was not good. You're <laughs> typically not going to see goaltending like that on most nights in the NHL. Is the half-full side... They took advantage of it? Yes, 100%. I'm just saying you have to be mindful of the realities of some of the things that we saw last night. And obviously the way the Leafs have played this year and for many years, mm -hmm. their overriding concerns every season, despite massing 100 points or more, is their ability to lock things down and play with a, some sort of defensive structure, right? Well, I, it was possibly... Took advantage of them because of what Kyle said. They played fast. They played to their yes. strength. And that's what can happen when you're in a situation like that. It was possibly the um, 
worst goaltending performance that I've seen a visiting team put up against the Sabres this year. Actually, um, Shana should probably be able to bring those numbers for us if we give her a little heads up here. Yeah, uh, well, I kind of pulled hour. the numbers a little bit this morning myself. Like, the Sabres scored nine, right? They were expected to score four and a half. Uh, yeah. You take some, that every night, though, right? <laughs> and some metrics, is it was even lower. It was at four. So you're looking at it and you say, hey, they scored five more goals than expectations mm-hmm. w- would warrant in that game. But to have a four or four and a half goal expectation is great. Like you make, you could get uh-huh. four or five or six, not nine, but you know, nights, so th- Marty have it, has it been at five on five, let's say one and a half to two oh. and a half expected goals. It's been it's just, so many nights. So like many just nights. Give the audience a perspective on that. Like how often you see that and how it contrasts with what those numbers portrayed last night. Okay. So I'm pulling up right now. Just to see five on five, the Sabres and the expected goals. So last night at five on five, it was a two, according to natural stat trick, because that's the only way I can pull it up game, like game by mm-hmm. game. Yep. It was 2.58, right? So it's five on five. It's a good number. Well, this year there has been, man, so many in the ones right now. I'm counting three, six, nine, 12, 15. 17 games I'm counting below two at five on five. More than 50%, right? And you did have some games that you expected to score over three, but that was only three of them. When they beat the Coyotes five to two, when they beat the Jets three to two, and when they beat the Islanders three to one, those, I remember those games as games that, oh, we're seeing the pace. We're seeing the offense. We're seeing the, 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 the identity that the Sabres I've had last season. Mm-hmm. Now they really played with a lot more pace. And again, I will say Jordan Greenway, great first shift, set the tone. Yeah. But you went back and you were you're down two to one, mm-hmm. right? Matthews score, and then there's the Max Domi power play goal, and then you're like, oh, like this is this could go down the wrong path. They oh. continued to play <laughs> fast right I'd away. Scored them eight one the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and it Wild. was. Uh, it was yeah. a wild game. It was a really wild game. Yeah. Thinking about you know, it, the first time Greenway. in Sabres history, you mentioned after the game, first time in Sabres history that they give up nine or more to come back and score nine or more the very next game. It never happened in Sabres history. Yeah, and it has happened 14 times 14 in NHL times history in the NHL. and had not happened since 1983 when the Red Wings did it and their victim yeah. on the bounce back was Toronto <laughs> way back then as well. I mentioned also last night that the Sabres improved to 15 and 0 lifetime when scoring seven or more against the Maple Leafs. And you're yeah. like, well, I would hope so. Well, I went back and, and look, all of them were blowouts, okay. every single one of them, except for the one that ended nine to seven, I dissected and it was nine, four with six minutes to go. And the Leafs rattled off three quick ones to make it nine, seven. So yeah, they've never really been in danger of losing any of these high scoring tilts against Toronto. So, um, and again, if anything, if if there is any takeaway, and I know there's no moral victories and all that kind of nonsense, but I just think it has to be a feel-good moment in a year that hasn't had enough feel-good moments. And maybe when you actually reset like that, because we've hit, talked about hitting the reset button mm-hmm. before, um, maybe that can be just something to put them in a better place moving forward. Belief in one another and all the rest of it. Everything, everything that comes along with holiday cheer. I'll go back. 
I'll go back to Rasmus Dahlin's comments after the game. Yeah. Look, Dahls has is, is really grown a lot from his first year in Buffalo and, you know, kind of seeing the, the cliches, right? Oh, I got to be better. I got to make better plays. There's that. And then now communicating at a, at the next level mm-hmm. and showing maturity at the next level and voicing what's on his mind, what's on his heart when he says, you know what? That 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 wasn't fair to have the hate on Donnie. It's on us, and we had his back. We wanted to have his back. Now use that same energy and say, "Hey, can't just be for one game." Use mm-hmm. that same leadership, that same uh, um, that same maturity to say, "Can't just be for one game," because the Rangers are a huge test. The Leafs were a huge test. Uh, Vegas was a big test. Boston was a big test. You responded to it. Continue to respond because going into the Christmas break mm-hmm. on your second. Two game win streak of the season would be for me the only way to go into this, this break because it would losing to New York tomorrow night. And I hate to even go that way, but losing to New York the other night tomorrow night would only kind of push aside all the good that you were able to do last night. And that to me is the next step that this team has to get to now. Rangers coming off a win in Toronto, and they are hosting Edmonton tonight. The Oilers coming off of a win last night against the Devils, so it should be an exciting one at MSG this evening. The Amherst are playing um, tonight. We're going to talk with Seth Appert in just a moment here, the head coach of the Amherst, but uh, just maybe put a quick bow, and obviously Shana Goldman's going to join us at the bottom of the hour, and there's no shortage of things to get to, but we did want to dive in uh, with her on a, you know, kind of a, it's super ironic and perfect that one of the reasons we were going to go down this path of big name players having terrible years. Yeah. Ovechkin. And he gets the overtime winner to finally score for for the first time in 15 games last night. So, but there's a long list of expected impact players in the league who are well down in single digit goal scoring as we get much closer to the halfway point of the year. So it's not just focusing on the negative. It's like, what does this actually mean for these franchises to have money, big money invested in these guys? And how does it make them rethink their current situations as we get deeper into the year? And then obviously closer to the trade deadline. And are any of these pieces in play at some point, but it was something to see Ovechkin add to his NHL record total of overtime goals and uh, finish it off the way he did. And there was obviously a little bit of controversy as well as Lincoln lost his mind, drew took a penalty and uh, Tom Wilson and the caps were the beneficiaries. But Marty final note on the Sabres here before we transition to the quickly for tonight, what maybe like, one, two, three guys off the top of your head that uh, deserve a little bit extra love for how the game played out. And by the way, that Greenway situation you're talking about, the hit, the first shift, the goal, what an unreal job he did to stay on side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and look, it's about as simple as you, you can get. The puck's yeah. on your stick for a half a second. You shoot it on net. Let's see what you can do. You just delivered a big hit. You don't want to have a turnover and then have to play defense. He just gets the puck for a quick second. Yes, he did stretch his left to stay on side at the blue line, and he gets it in. The hit was awesome. If he doesn't score, comes back to the bench, the, the bench would have been, good job, Greener. Big hit to start to set the tempo, and he gets the goal on top of it. So Jordan Greenway, everybody talked about him, and and how he's a big part of this team. Um, we saw that in this game, obviously, in a different role too, a more of a you know supporting cast type role. Owen Power, look, mm-hmm. it's not been the best of seasons so far for Owen Power, but his goal to be able to get it to 2-2, right? Like Toronto just scored on the power play. 
Max Domi with the power play goal. You're down 2-1. It could go eight away. Benson looks to pass back to Casey Millistat where he's not there. Power calmly get the puck, gets the puck to his backhand and puts it in the net. I thought power looked really good to me in that, in that, uh, in that sequence. And I'll use the power play as a unit. Another, like they moved yeah. the puck well and they shot, they had that shot mentality, obviously dallying with the five on three goal, but more importantly, like Thompson, a few one timers, like yeah. really unloading that shot, right? Not moving him to the other side, keep him on his one timer side and let him unload. And then it opened up other things. I thought the power play, you know, looked really good, uh, you know, moving the puck and creating chances. Power play went one for five. The PK uh, stopped three of four, and the Sabres are at the Rangers tomorrow night. The Amherst are home this evening, and there's continuity from an organizational standpoint. Santa and Mrs. Claus are going to be there in Rochester tonight, as they were in Buffalo. Uh, of course, Marty has arranged a rideshare setup to the, make sure they get there safely, based on what he witnessed on the way into the building last night. And, of course, it is Freeze Fest this evening presented by the Seneca Park Zoo. Uh, Providence is in. Pre-game activities include snow cones, carolers, and of course, the clauses who will be on hand. Plenty of giveaways throughout and of course, spreading holiday cheer. Head coach Seth Appert is with us to do just that and to obviously talk about his team. Hi, Seth. Happy holidays. How are you? Hey, Duffer. How are we doing? Wonderful. And uh, really curious just how you're viewing your roster now that uh it was made official today that uh Yuri Kulik is off to uh the world juniors once again and how do you configure things to reshuffle the deck if you will offensively yeah I mean certainly it's a it's an impact uh losing a player like Yuri um but you know the benefits of him going to the world juniors are just too strong um you know what a great experience for him the pressure uh, probably be, you know, one of their best players, if not their best player, probably be a captain. You know, those are amazing experiences in your overall development. Um, and, and his loyalty and his pride for his nation just, just made him really want to go. And, uh, those are things I really respect about him. And so, you know, in the American league, you're so used to not having your full lineup. You just never do. I mean, they very seldom have the same lineup from one night to the next because of call-ups and injuries and things like that. So this is just another situation. Obviously it's one of our best players, but other guys get the opportunity to step in for him. Uh, personally, Seth, can you guys make sure to, um, I, I want to say just beat, but I'd love to say a stronger word to beat the Providence Bruins because I'm still bitter from the 1999 Calder Cup Finals when Peter Laviolette coached that team and they had Cameron Mann and Landon Wilson and John Graham and they got everybody back from Boston where all of our guys were still in Buffalo because the Sabres had their uh, Stanley Cup f- Finals run then and we lost in five games. I still hate that team. I hate that team, the Providence Bruins, so bad. So just for me, just for me, Christmas gift, like it, I'd be just, I'd be very happy if that can come true. I'd be uh, thrilled to give you that Christmas present, Marty. That would be no problem at all. <laughs> okay, what uh, what kind of challenge is Providence though? Because that's not the team that you guys see all that often, right? No, in the Atlantic Division, with the exception of Charlotte, who you play four times, the Atlantic you just play two games, one on the road, one home. And it's funny, Brett Murray and I were talking about that this morning. Now you just don't feel you know them, uh, you don't know their personnel as much. You don't know their style as much. You watch video and you pre-scout and those things, but 
they got a really good roster. Um, they've, they've lost a few games here recently, but they have a good mix. You know, they've got some older guys that have a lot of NHL experience like Magna and Jesper Boquist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they got some defensemen that have had a lot of NHL experience for enough. Ian Mitchell's been in the NHL recently. Um, but then they're mixed in with some good young players. Uh, you know, the Farinacci's and Lysels and, and uh, uh, Merkeloff is having a tremendous uh, second year for them. So, uh, they got a really good team. Uh, it's going to be a good challenge, and we just need to keep playing the right way. We're these last four games we've played really strong hockey. We're not getting the results. Um, and some of it self inflicted. Some of it just kind of that's the nature of hockey. Uh, Hellberg had a great game against us last week, and uh, but you know I think in our play we probably could be three zero and one in our last four instead of one two and one. Um, but you need to stay the course uh, and just keep playing the right way because you get rewarded long-term if you're playing the right way. It's amazing to me to look at the overall numbers and see how consistently highly you've ranked offensively, but then you look at some of the individuals that you would think would have scored more to help the team maintain that kind of lofty status, and yet you do have a fair number of players, veterans and otherwise, that are – you know, in, in minor droughts here, um, I, I think at the start of the year, we were really enamored with the overall play of Kisikoff, and then he got hurt, and he hasn't been able to get a point in the last nine. Can you give us a quick update on, on how he is right now? Yeah, Kisikoff, it, it's been frustrating because his, his, that injury has certainly derailed some, some steady progress that he was making. Uh, he hasn't been the same player since being back, doesn't have the same – pop in his step. He's already a undersized guy that's slight and young. Um, and now he's, he's lost some separation. Um, and then when you're not, when you don't have separation, then you're in the battle a lot. When you're in the battle a lot, you're 165 pounds. It's hard. So, um, Noichev at the same time has made a big jump here in the last month. Um, his daily habits have improved dramatically. He's earning the right to play with Byro and Rusek right now. He's not, it's not being given to him. You know, sometimes in the American League, you have to give some things to your younger prospects because that's development. Uh, and other times you have to be hard on him. You have to hold him accountable and, and make him earn it. And right now he's earning that opportunity um, in his daily habits, how he's practicing, how he's looked in games. And that line last week and, the, and, and also on Wednesday has been very dangerous, uh, dynamic line. So that's been exciting to see. So defensively, you guys have uh, unfortunately given up a lot of goals, right? But that's the way the flow of the games have gone. You've been able to overcome that at times earlier in the season. Uh, what are some of the adjustments that you guys are trying to make so that, you know, the games are not kind of going away and you have to claw back into it? Like, is there some defensive adjustments that you're looking to make? Yeah, we've we've become like last year, we became a really good defensive team in the, in the last 15, 20 games and yeah. obviously in the playoffs. You don't win in the playoffs if you're not strong defensively. And I think we're going through that same process this year. I thought we were poor defensively executing very well offensively and competing very hard. And now we're, we're transitioning and starting to become a better hockey team defensively. Last week, we played three really good teams on the road, uh, held uh, Springfield to three, held Hartford to two, held Wilkesbury to two. Last game held Cleveland, who's a great offensive team, to three, two, four. Realistically, that was an off night for Ticker. Um, Ticker has been really good for us. That I think if Ticker's normal Ticker, that's probably a one-goal game. Um, so our defensive numbers have been coming the last uh, couple weeks. Um, some of it is attention to detail. Um, and 
also last year what turned it and it's starting to this year is we forced more turnovers which meant that we had the puck more and we're starting to do that more our forecheck numbers were 25th in the league in terms of our forecheck success they're up to 10th in the league right now okay. and then our, our d zone takeaway numbers are steadily getting better right now and if you don't force turnovers by taking time and space away from your opponent you just you're stuck without the puck the whole game and then you're going to be bad defensively. So last year that kind of turned our season um, and we're seeing the same thing right now. And it's a work in progress. Your defense obviously has uh, been hit multiple times with injuries and the current situation is no prow and no Metza. Of course, Metza wasn't even able to get in at the start because the group was so healthy. And now you have Jacob Bryson there and it'll be his second game. Um, What can what can you expect from Jacob and what is Jacob expecting from himself after this incredibly long wait just to get back playing again? Well, first of all, like I've, I've had the opportunity to coach Jacob for a small period of time. Nathan Page played with Jacob and you just, he's a world-class person. He's just, just a great human being. He's a great teammate. So he's handling this uh, like a pro. He knows he's a smart player. He's a smart kid. He knows that it's better off for him to play in the American league than to sit as long as he's been sitting in the NHL. We all, you all want to be in the NHL. The players want to be there, but sitting there stagnating for weeks, months at a time, sometimes years like Riley Stillman was in and out for years and Riley Stillman's game has been way better uh, than it was six weeks ago. Um, Because when you're in the spots that Bryson and Stillman and some of these guys have been in, in the NHL, all you're trying to do at times is survive and fight to live another day. That's it. And, but you're not focused on getting better. You're not focused on making plays. You're not even really having fun. You're just trying to stay in the league for one more day. And then when you do that, you try to stay in the league for another day and you get to come down now and Bryson gets to play 20 plus minutes. He gets to be on the power play. Uh, He he gets those experiences and that time and to find his game and also kind of find the joy and the love of the game again. And when he gets called back up, he's going to be better. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply serve for having played instead of sitting there uh just practicing i'd be uh forgetting something if i didn't ask about the headquarters at uh, this christmas season is there a tree in the house that's decorated is there presents underneath the tree uh how is my boy vinnie prospel handling all of that and uh yeah just wanted to check on the, on the house situation there in roch yeah, the ranch is good. The ranch. That, that, that's why I forget it's the ranch, not the headquarter. It's the ranch. The ranch. I think Webby named it that. Um, but uh, the, the ranch is good. Uh, we do have a tree. Uh, Anthony oh. Gady, uh, who is yeah. uh, one of our young uh, video coaches and analytics guys, um, who also lives with us, and Amir Galati, our other video yeah. coach. So it's the four of us. How many bedrooms is uh, this place? Uh, we can't tell you that. You know, that's, that's, that's private information uh, that can't be shared. Um, you'll have to earn an invite. 
uh, to be able to find that out. So, but uh, Anthony, we call him Big Tones. Uh, that's his nickname. And Big Tones was nice enough to put a tree up. So we have a little Christmas spirit in there. Um, we have exchanged some gifts amongst the staff as well. So uh, we, we have we have Christmas spirit to us. That's for sure. That is the least surprising development of all because you guys have such a great group and I would expect nothing less. Uh, enjoy Freeze Fest tonight. Have a wonderful weekend and uh, all the best to your family too, Seth. Happy holidays. Thank you for this. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Shana Goldman from The Athletic is next on Sabres Live. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. It's the segment you've been waiting for all season where we focus on Yuri Patera and Isaiah Seville. You don't know what's tandem they they uh, they produce in the NHL, but we can tell you they're with Vegas. And yeah, that's their goaltending situation and what a shootout they got into last night with the Lightning. Shana Goldman from The Athletic is with us to crunch some goalie numbers and uh, obviously, as we prefaced earlier, dive into some really tough seasons that some big name, big money guys are having across the league. Shana, how do you numerically assess the performance that we witnessed from the Maple Leafs netminder Ilya Samsonov last night in a 9-3 Buffalo win? It was bad. Um, (laughs) It was kind of, it's like an extension of his season, right? It's technically not his worst game of the year that came against the Lightning, but he did allow 3.3 goals above expected last night. When you combine what he did and Martin Jones did, you get a total of 5.4 goals above expected allowed. And that is a season high for the Maple Leafs. So it kind of tells you what last night was like for Toronto. And the defense was bad, but the goaltending, yikes. No, I am going to say that trusting Samsonov and Martin Jones to go uh, while Joseph Wall is out is probably not going to be a a good thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So again, I will say, is this a situation where you hope that Joseph Wall comes back and that maybe he's good? Or do you have to look at the goalie market? Because we had Darren Drager on yesterday with us and he said teams are inquiring about Caden Primo now, maybe because that may be the best option to get out of Montreal. But I mean, New Jersey, you saw what they did against the Oilers last night. They're up 3-2. In three minutes, they gave up three goals, and it's all of a sudden like 6-3, right? And you um, see what Ottawa did again with their Ottawa, season oh. acquisition, right? Like, it's just, it's, man, it's a, it, it's it's a, a tough world Is it a pandemic there. or an epidemic? I can never remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the worst goalie epidemic I feel like we've seen in a minute. And it's funny because we've talked year to year about how scoring has gone up. And this year... Yeah, power plays are clicking. Yeah, five-on-five offense is clicking, but it feels a little bit different. It feels like we're talking more about the goalie struggling versus last year being like everybody's so skilled and amazing, and that's why it's happening. So it's not an ideal time, and now you have so many goalie injuries, like both to, both of Vegas's goalies, and you have Alex Lyon out for Detroit, and he should be back soon, but still, you have Billy Husso out. So the team that had three at their disposal now has one that they're leaning on entirely, and even when Lyon comes back, they can't now deal a goalie like they – possibly intended to, it, it just is going to strain everybody. Does it help that someone like the uh, Gustafson has bounced back and it's someone else off the market? Absolutely. But now you have more teams in the fold than before because of the Joseph Wall injury. I don't think Toronto is going to be a team that's going to get aggressive on the market because they don't have much money and they don't have many assets. And I think they have to focus on defense. That's a bigger issue for them right now. But you're going to look around the league and 
it's going to be interesting to see which teams feel that they can get by with average goaltending. And that might be Vegas. That might be Toronto versus who needs an upgrade in net. And a team like New Jersey definitely does. Vanacek, we know is struggling, but if Schmidt is as well, like he was last night, you have a bigger problem. Okay. So this or that, are we blaming the goalies or uh, kind of, uh, you know, applauding the forwards and the D that are creating offense? Because this is now since 2014, 15, um, the, well, actually 2015, 16. So let's take it to that year. Every year, the save percentage, the average save percentage in the NHL has gone down. It was a 9.15 in 2015-16. We are now down to a 9.03 in the National Hockey League. It's worse than last year. Last year was a 9.04, and I thought, there's no way we can go lower than that. And now it's a 9.03. So is are we blaming the goalies? And I'm fine if we are, because as the head of the Turn goalie union, goalie I need car. to figure Turn it, it out. I need to <laughs> figure it out. Are we blaming the goalies now? A little bit more because I think what, you know, we're also looking around the league at the same time. How many underperforming superstars are there? You don't have guys like Alex Ovechkin scoring at the rate that he did. And yes, Nikita Kucherov has stepped up and, you know, Barkov has stepped up and Pedersen is consistent from last year. But you're missing that same scoring punch from players that I think you would expect to have it from. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think the answer is, well, teams are suddenly deeper with their approach. Like some of them are. Sure, Vegas has three scoring lines still, and that's something to be proud of. But that's not true for everybody. So mm-hmm. this year, I put a lot more emphasis on goaltending than I would have last year. Last year, I would have said, look at the power plays and look at how th- they're thriving. And look at the fact that we're seeing more calls being made, even in more essential moments of the game. We're seeing a rise in penalties that we didn't before that are leading to power plays. And that's why overtimes aren't going to shootouts as often like all of that I kind of felt like correlated last year this year I I definitely think the goalies are more of the problem okay we're going to dive in on the tough years in a second but just to punctuate the goalie situation feast your eyes on a really tough moment for Yuri Patera last night Zach Whitecloud <laughs> was doing his holiday best to bring him cheer if not his own goalie stick And Marty, this did not materialize as anticipated once the stick was out of the hands and then never really back in the hands of Patera. I actually got to show Mike Rupp this clip because Rupper on NHL Network the other day brought me on and says, Marty, can we cut the knob of the stick right above the blocker hand? Because every time it hits a knob, it should be a goal. And so Victor Hedman shoots the puck from top in the zone on the power play. It was a five on three. It hits Patera's knob and it flips the stick upside down. He loses his stick. White Cloud's trying to give it to him. Patera's lost in the net. But we've seen that now a few times with goalies losing their sticks and not being able to recover, which is, is uh, listen, I used to practice without my stick once in a while just to get used to it. I don't know why goalies don't do that anymore. It should be the norm. But again, maybe yeah. it goes to let's blame the goalies a little bit more. <laughs> like practice without a stick once in a while so you're used to it. But no, that was a bad moment. Um, it was a good game, though. That was yeah. a great game. Tampa great Vegas. Game. That was a great game. And you talk about Kucherov. I mean, he is separating himself from the rest of the group here. He's mm-hmm. definitely not underperforming. Can he keep it up, Shana? I think so. I feel like we he's like the most underrated superstar in the league. And sometimes I hate using the word underrated because it means like I know something you don't. And everybody should know how good Kucherov is. And we're seeing it on the score sheet. But I feel like sometimes we talk a little bit more about we think of the goals being scored instead of the passes to set up the goal. Right. The goal always gets more attention. And rightfully so. That's the one that changes the score. But with Kucherov, as smart as he is as a goal scorer and as lethal as his shot is, he is such a dynamic passer. And he makes such smart plays to clear passing lanes or to get possession in the first place. He's Mm -hmm. such a strong player 
with mm-hmm. with and without the puck on his stick, if he's trying to shift to offense, that you see how he's setting up someone like Braden Point, who's explosive in his own right. It, it makes a one-two punch that few teams can stack up to, and the two of them have unbelievable chemistry at five on five and on the power play. Yeah, I mean he's killing it. So I think as much as the Lightning are in trouble, and they definitely are, especially without Sergeyev in the fold right now, mm-hmm. um, I think these two can keep just keep pushing them as much as they can to the race. Let's go around the horn here and give yep. us three uh, each as far as three big names that you're concerned about production versus cost and contract. Go ahead, Shana. You're, you're the guest. You, you get first dibs. Always. Okay. Jason Robertson. Um, I'm really? concerned about Jason Robertson. Yeah, it's, it's not that bad. He's still right. doing well with passes. Like, I don't think this is like a, a sudden problem. Oh my God, he's gone. This isn't going to work out for him. But you kind of look at it and you go, the shot generation's down. The scoring chance generation is down. The power play is only performing with expectations and it started the year where they were far below them. So I think you have yourself a little bit of an issue there. Like he's not, he doesn't look like the game breaker we expect him to be right now. And the team's offense is a little bit mid. So I would want to see him break out a little bit more. Okay, so my first guy that I'm going to come up with is Matthew Kachuk. And I was going to go Jonathan Huberdeau because they're going to be linked forever and they both are underperforming. But Florida you just is did. somehow... You can lump them together in the same discussion here. Perfect. It's all good. Yeah, totally I'm fair. Gonna, both fair. But more than that, like Florida is going. And they're surprising to me with having Eggblad and Montour out at the start of the season, and now they're back and they're rolling. But Matthew Kachuk only has five goals this year in 32 games. Like Ovechkin got his six. At least Ovechkin can say, I got one more than Matthew Kachuk. But Matthew Kachuk, for me, disappointing at the start of the season after a great run in the finals last year. Yeah, that's On Matthew Kachuk, though, he has the biggest gap between expectations and actual goal scoring. He should be around 15. And he is my next project. So we're going to figure out why he's broken. And Ovechkin (laughs) scored in his second game after I wrote that story. I'm telling you, I'm like the reverse jinx this year. So Matthew Kachuk is going to start popping off soon just by mere fact of me writing about him. Uh, Can you change course and just write about Cousins? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what I should do. <laughs> Thank you. And and that's, you know, Dylan's been, we were talking about earlier, he's been playing well and now he's got the comfort of his full, you know, line mates from last year back. And I think he'll be fine. It's just, it, it, it takes a while to erase tough starts to a season and maybe Ovechkin is starting to come out of it. But you mentioned Huberdeau. Look, he's got four goals right now in 33 games. Yeah. He had 15 last year, which was a horrific drop from the year before when he was with Calgary. Um, Ovechkin has six now, and I again somehow I think we may lose sight of this. He had forty-two last year, you know. Even at now he's age thirty-eight. Kachuk was a forty-goal scorer. He's got five. You mentioned Robertson. I'm going to go down a similar path that Dallas has experienced before, but Jamie Ben scored thirty-three times last year. He's mm-hmm. got five. He still has another year to go at 9.5 million. I know it's not as catastrophic for the stars because they've endured most of this deal. And some of these other ones that we're talking about have five, six, seven years left on the contracts. But I don't know, Marty, Shana, who else is on your list here beyond those names? Hmm. Well, on Jamie Bennett, I feel like the Matthew Shane acquisition kind of hurt him. It feels like, Matthew Shane's popping off and getting a little bit more favorable minutes. And I wonder if that's hurting Ben at all. 
But other underperforming stars, I feel like there's so many to choose from this year. How do we feel about Pierre-Luc Dubois, given how successful the Kings have been? But Dubois, who is an $8.5 million player, has five goals. That felt like an overpayment at the time, like slightly. It felt like they gave up a lot for him and they paid him a big contract. And I think that he's someone that could play up to that value, but it's a big bet. And it's a little bit tricky because you look at all the centers they have and you look at the forward depth that they have, like he wasn't going to be the one C. It felt like he was going to be the two or the three. Yeah, Right, exactly. And it's just like he's not doing anything to open the door to him moving up in the lineup. He's doing everything to lessen himself. It's not just bad bounces. It's a little bit of everything. And it feels like this Kings team has all the defensive strengths to make up for any gaps in his game. So he can really just maximize his skill set. And that just isn't happening. And it helps that everybody else was clicking around him, right? Like you have so much offense everybody, everywhere else, but you need him to do a little more. And I think that they could shelter him and Fiala as much as they need to, because you have Dano who can take whatever usage you need. And the same with Kopitar, yeah. you need to perform in those minutes then. No, I know my next guy, I mean, he only makes five and a half million dollars, but I thought he was going to take a step up from scoring 20 last year is, and we talked about him last night on the broadcast with Cody Hudson because he scored one of the greatest world juniors goal with two seconds left is Jordan Eberle. He's got four goals this year. He's got what? 16 points. I believe I just saw. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, he was good with Seattle last year. They needed him. Jeremy McCann was good. Jordan Eberle was good. They made the playoffs. It was fun. And this year, eh. It's not clicking. And I feel like I'm disappointed in Jordan Eberle just because I was hoping this was going to continue for Seattle and I want them to play well because I, I kind of like that story of the underdog. And, you know, now they got Joy Decord in that. And it's like, I like to have an underdog goaltender perform well. Um, but Jordan Eberle for me, even though it's only five and a half million, it's not like mm-hmm. a huge tag. Um, I still think he's underperforming this year. Shana, how about uh, Timo Meyer? Yeah, that is probably the most glaring of all of them, because this is someone that like stylistically you would think is the perfect fit for New Jersey. He is a volume shooter and he can finish his chances. He's not like some elite finisher, some sniper, but it it works well for him. And now you go to a team that's stacked with playmaking talent, like it's the perfect position. And when you saw post deadline and even in the playoffs, he didn't jump out enough. It was like, well, first of all, an adjustment period. It could could be necessary. Or is it that he's not the guy like he was in San Jose? Now it's like a different role. This season's been like concerning on every single level. It does sound like he's dealing with some sort of injury. And that's the problem. Maybe that's what's hindering his skating, which doesn't seem like it's where it should be. But it's a bit of a concern because you need him to be, you know, the first power play unit's doing so well that there just isn't room for him if he's going to be underperforming. And now he's down on the third line. Mm-hmm. He's not doing anything to play his way upwards. So I'm not sure if it's just a matter of health or if it's just really just not fitting as well as we expected him to, because you see how Tyler Toffoli is just crushing it. And right. like, I, I feel like Timo Meyer is a little bit like you had to overpay him to keep him and he was going to be that, but he's never going to live up to that contract. Like I, I think he's a good player, but never was he going to have the same season that he had with the sharks before getting traded last year. Oh yeah. Just under 9 million year one of eight. And he's got six goals on the season after scoring 40 in total last year. Yeah. Shana, Happy holidays to you and your entire crew, which we love seeing on social media all the time. The pictures are great. Keep them coming. And uh, uh, I guess we will talk to you just before the new year. Thanks for having me.
There's Shana Goldman from The Athletic. We'll wrap up Sabres Live after this. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Sabres won 9-3 at home last night. Marty, there were 12 games, six up, six down uh, as far as the uh, home road split. So uh, Mm -hmm. that trend continues. And I'll tell you what, the hottest player in the NHL. All apologies to Austin Matthews. Maybe he's co-number one. Nathan McKinnon, four goals last night. First time an Avalanche player has had four since the franchise relocated to Denver. It was part of a five-point game and yet another comeback against the Senators, which we were just kind of discussing with Shayna. Yeah, the Senators were up 3 nothing to Arizona in the first period, their last game, and they lost 4-3. And now they were up in this game against Colorado. They actually, there was five minutes left in the second period, and the Ottawa Senators were up 4-2. And then Nathan McKinnon decided, you know what, I let me take over. And then the hats came flying to make it 4-4. And uh, he, look, you talk about a player that plays with pace. Nathan McKinnon oh. at times goes too fast for his own good. Like he loses the puck because he's he's playing too quickly. Uh, but Devontae's called out his team, right? If you think you're playing good, you're kidding yourself. They didn't play good at the start of this game, but they overcame that. And that's what uh, the Colorado Avalanche have been doing. McKinnon's the only one within shouting distance of Kucherov right now for the uh, race for the Art Ross. And, of course, the Rocket is being held by Matthews right now temporarily. He's only two up on Brock Besser. Can Besser actually stay in this thing? Uh, yeah, because I think the Vancouver Canucks only play one way right now is let's rely on Thatcher Demko to be the best goalie in the league and we'll score and score and score. And Brock Besser, he scores from multiple locations, but a lot of it is around the net. And so if you were willing to go there, you're going to get goals. Yeah, Nashville had a big win over Philadelphia last night. uh, Montreal found a way to pick up another point. The big story, though, is Buffalo Rangers tomorrow night. Quick thought? Um, Big Christmas present for the Sabres tomorrow night. All right, we'll be on site and see you then on MSG. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.